Here we go. Greetings, everyone. It is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 104 for August 4th, Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. 104 for August 4th. Tony B coming to you live from Parts Unknown. Hurricane Central. Hurricane Central. (laughs) No. We did have major uh, storms here, but thankfully uh, unscathed we have. I saw a lot of people um, with the power out in Jersey today. Yeah, I still have power out now. You do? They're so, saying three days, they're estimating. So how are you doing this right now? I have a generator. No kidding. Look at you. Oh, yeah. After the first after the first couple of years of living here, when we look, you know, because in the winter, you know, stuff goes down and trees go down from the heaviness and it blows out. We lost power in abundance. Uh, so I said, you know, enough of that shenanigans need to figure it out. So when I looked at generators, it's like you can get different sizes, you know, but the whole house generators with the automatic switchover and stuff, they're, they're big money, you know, big, sure, big money. Sure. So I went, you know, a different route and I ha- I got a 12,000 watt generator. Wow. 12,500 watt generator. And it's got a big twist lock plug on it, you know. And I can, what I do is I ran into my circuit board a, uh, a reverse outlet, so to speak, and, a, and, and a, a breaker for the generator. So you switch the main off on the panel and turn this generator circuit breaker on. Uh-huh. And what it does is then I plug the generator into it and it back feeds the panel. And then I can turn the breakers on as I need them from my house. So I can run pretty much almost everything but i can't run like the dryer and the dishwasher or the dryer and the air conditioner at the same time you know what i mean like it it gets maxed out on the load right but it runs for probably 10 hours on a tank and i can like i said i can power my whole house i have internet i have my studios up and running you know it's very very important to have it good good so i'm i'm hooked good i saw some some damage though to like trees and roads and, and stuff like that you see any of that Oh, oh, yeah. Well, my neighbor next to me had a big tree down in his backyard. Uh, my brother and my father's house, a huge tree came down in the front yard and took the top corner of the house off with, um, you know, on the corner of the eave. It crashed down onto, onto the edge of the house and then onto the, the attached garage. Yikes. So they were still starting to cut it up and try to assess the damages and see if it went through the roof of the garage and what, you know. But it was a big, giant tree crashed, yet uprooted in the front lawn, fell on the house. Yikes. They're lucky it could have been a lot worse. And, and and when I talked to my brother about it, he said he was outside. He went out. It was kind of windy, and then there was gusts of wind, but it really wasn't raining too bad, and he wanted to move his truck. So he went out in the driveway, and there was like a four-inch branch laying on the ground by his truck from that same tree. You know, it's a big tree. So mm-hmm. he moved the branch, and he said, you know, I'm going to move my truck up the hill. And he backed his truck up, you know, by my father's property, and he's walking back. And he said, all of a sudden, this big gust of wind came. And then he just all of a sudden just heard ba-boom because the tree uprooted. So it wasn't even like crackling and falling. You know what I mean? It was just silently tipping over. Uh-huh. 
and then it crashed like 10 feet in front of him. Oh, and he jumped God. back and he was all startled like, holy shit. No kidding. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, he said it was like it was like Armageddon going off, you know, branches exploding. You know, when a tree comes down like that, it was a locust tree, so it has like a lot of fingery branches that start low, you know what I mean? So it's almost like a giant bush, so to speak. Right. So it was, yeah, he said it was quite uh, exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was yeah, some excitement up here. I know, I know some people with some damages. Yeah, wow, that thing barreled up the coast, huh? Sure did. Yeah. I'm nervous, man. If we, if we get a hurricane here during everything else that's going on, we're in deep shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, whatever God's will is, it will be. <sighs> yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, I'm already rolling with a, a, a busted wing and... Yeah, speaking of COVID. which, how's that going? Uh... I don't know. I wish I could say it's good. It's not. It's. I ha- I mean, we haven't done a show in in uh, three weeks because we had the last two weeks. Yeah. Last week you were on vacation. The week before I was in. Uh, I had surgery the night or the day before, <clears throat> and so it's been two weeks. Um, and as far as I know, the surgery went well. That's what I was. I was shown the X-rays afterwards, and everything's put back together as well as it can be. Okay. Uh, um. And I had the splint off, you know, a few days after surgery, about three days after. And just yesterday took the, the bandages off of the uh, the incision, which it had like melt, uh, they call them melt away stitches or something like that, fade away. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't have to have t- stitches taken out. So I have, so I finally was able to take a shower today without a bag around my arm. <laughs> Which was nice. It was uh, more convenient that way. But it's still, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm just in a tremendous amount of pain. It, it's, my mu- the muscles are are super tight. I can't extend my arm. I can, you know, it, it's, it, hurts, it just hurts to move. It, it hurts all through my, all the way up to my hand. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and what do they say about that? Uh... I don't know. I have physical therapy first appointment next Monday, so I basically have to wait till next Monday to find out what they say, um, and then I go to see my orthopedic doctor again the following day, and he wants to see what my range of motion is like. Um, so uh, I hope it gets better, man. It's it really sucks. It just really it's. I I wake up every day. I'm like oh, I can't believe it's still. It's still like this. It's still like basically frozen. You know, I, I, I mean, I can bend it, but it's difficult and it hurts. And I can, but I can't extend it all the way. That's not, it's just not possible. Um, yeah. So over time, what they're going to do for physical therapy is they're going to stretch you to that limit, you know, time after time and keep going a little further each time. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that either. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, you got to get in the right mindset. Because you have to think about it, like, at the end, you know, that it'll be, if you just do what they tell you to do, it'll be good, you know? I will. I'm a good student. So. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I, I hope whoever is doing this for me um, is invested enough in it to, to help me out. And uh, it's because it sucks, man. It, it feels like uh, it's never not going to be like this now. And, and 
I just feel like I don't have a right arm. It, it's I can use it for some things, but for the most part, I try to avoid using it just because it hurts. You know, so like I, I can start, I can type, like I'll start typing and then it, it doesn't take more than a few minutes before it just hurts too much to type with my right hand. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping for slight improvements every day at this point. So I, I kind of feel like it's back to where it was pre-surgery like like a week before the surgery. That's where I feel like I'm at. Because I, I started to get better range of motion before the surgery. And was able to like tie my hair back and stuff. And I right now I can't. Um but if in a week right. I can, then I'll feel like, oh okay, you know, now I've you know, I'm making some sort of progress here. Um I don't know that if this is, I've never had this, so I don't know if this is normal. And as much research as I do on it, it's like, I just, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm afraid a little and I, I know I shouldn't be, but I am because it's been six weeks now, you know, basically I, I've been without a right arm. Um, yeah. The time goes very quickly. Yeah. Well, yes. And, no, it feels like forever, <laughs> yeah. man. It feels like it's just like every day, man, now. Um, but, I, you know, doing whatever I can do, that, which is trying to get a lot of rest, which I can't see that as bad advice ever. So, um, so I've been trying to sleep a lot. Like, you know, sleep a full night and then some, and then take a nap somewhere too. Um, right, right. And right now it's like, eh, you know, there's not really much else going on anyway. So it's okay for me to do that. I, it, that's, that's the thing that I have the hardest time with is allowing myself to chill the fuck out and just stop. You know? Well, like you said, you're not going to, you know, take advantage of the time now, right? Cause it, it, it's going to be a time when you're not going to be able to be chilled out that you want to be healthy and good to go when the time comes. Right. Yes. For sure. And you should ask your doctor too. Say, you know, uh, how long should the pain last? Should I be in this much pain? You know, what is what's the deal? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I will definitely ask him that next week if it's still the same. I wish I could ask him right now, but I don't. I just don't have a direct line to my doctor. Um. Yeah, gotcha. Um. So I'm just dealing. You know, I'm just dealing with it. That's all I can do. I'm try, trying uh, the so more I th- do, the more I think about it the worse it is so I try not to I try to distract myself from thinking about it Sure um cuz when well, I start thinking about it it works best you know to like you said to get your mind focused on something else Yeah so I start thinking about it and I think man I'm never going to pitch in the majors it's just not going to happen now Yeah you won't be able to throw 95 anymore that's for sure Yeah cuz the Mets need a good pitcher <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I I mean, when you, when you had your shoulder surgery, how long did you, did you, how long were you in pain where, where you felt like your muscles were tight or whatever? You couldn't, couldn't move like normal, like after your surgery, surgery. Well, so. it's six weeks after surgery before you, I could even start physical therapy. Oh, okay. Jeez. So I had to do exercises on my own at home, you know, like 
take your arm out of the sling very gently, try to let it hang straight, you know, bend over, do little circles with it. Like you got, you know, I had to start real slow because it was the same thing. It was tight and it hurt. And then after six weeks when I started physical therapy, it was like, you know, a couple of weeks of working on some range of motion. And then, then it started being like, you know, a little bit more aggressive stretching, different exercises, you know, like it progressed over time. But I probably went to physical therapy for four or five months. Right. You know, so it was like six, seven months into it before I was fully out of the sling and operational and like be able to play drums again, you know, to, in some capacity. But it was a year before it was healed 100%, you know, from the surgery. Right. And that's what I'm kind of anticipating now. So, and. You know, if I have to go through all that same stuff that you did, I will, you know, and I'll do it. it just knowing that there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel is is my issue right now because I don't feel like I've gotten enough information from the, the doctors sure. regarding that, regarding the, the, the end, end goal. So, <clears throat> you know, because I've been told a lot of things that are scary, like you know, your arm's never going to be the same again and... and well, who told you that? Doctor? That was the first doctor. So the second doctor. Oh, yeah, didn't but, yeah, but okay, what did the second guy say? He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say, but he didn't say anything necessarily as, as a prognosis for usability. I, I, and I didn't ask. So I, I, I haven't gotten to talk to him. I didn't get to talk to him as much as I would have liked to after the surgery. Um, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so you got to let them know you're a bass player and what you do, and you know, because I, I when I got my shoulder, I told the doctor right away, I was like, I'm a drummer, you know, and he's like, oh, he's like, you drummers, man, he's like, with the shoulder problem, you know, <laughs> he's like, um, and the fact that he's like, I'll tell you not to play drums, and you will anyway, and I'm like, no, I said, well, you know, whatever you tell me to do, I'm gonna do. So the first time he was like, don't play any drums, don't do anything for you know, at least a month. Like, just don't even play on a pad or nothing. And then when I got the second one done, he was like, you know, in a couple of weeks, if you have a good range of motion, he's like, you could start playing on a pad, and it would actually help your shoulder. Right. Because it wasn't, like, direct motion, you know, not, not like overhead, like hitting crash cymbals and stuff, you know, but just hands low playing on a pad in front of you. Right. Um, You know, and even when I had hurt my shoulder many times, but both shoulders, I was still able to play gigs. I just had a limited range of motion, you know, couldn't pick my arm up. We'll say overhead to reach for certain things, you know, I had to adjust my ride symbol to make it closer because my arm would get, couldn't hold it in like a certain position, you know, it was right. weak because I had, you know, damage. Right. But, you know, once it was fixed, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, I'll say it feels great, but it's not a hundred percent, you know? Right. But it's usable for what I need it for. Like you said, I'm not throwing bomb passes and I'm not pitching. I'm not <laughs> right. you know, doing anything risky like that. Right. But um, it so so be it. If that's what I got to not do to be able to play drums. Yeah. Yeah, I need to be patient, and I'm not. And it's it's been two weeks since surgery. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not it's not something that's going to be quick, dude. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just need to remind myself of that to to be patient and give myself a break because I, <laughs> no pun intended, give myself a break. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, I you know I still want to keep moving and I'm just looking around at what's going on in the world. I'm like God, 
this is just so I, I'm watching news again more and now it's like ah, this is horrible this is just oh horrible. yeah um <clears throat> so uh I gotta stop doing that too but I wanna yeah you can't get sucked in man you know yeah it's a nightmare um, it's easy to get sucked in it really is especially since I wanted this rest you know I just wanna rest my arm I wanna sit in one place and just I put it up on a pillow and just rest it and um you know what else am I gonna do I'm gonna watch TV well, dude, on the good news front, while I was on vacation, uh, Jimmy called me, and he's like, hey, are you available for August 8th private party? And I was like, yeah. So I'm playing Saturday. Really? Tell me yeah. about this party. It's, it's, a, it's a private party. One of Jimmy's guys he knows up in his neighborhood is selling his house. He's moving. He's having a like going away party. He's having a bash. So he's hired the band, and uh, you know we're going to play. I think uh, six to ten. Okay. Outside at the guy's house, you know, outdoors, social distancing, all that good stuff. But yeah, so live gig, man. I'm just finishing a little custom drum set that I built for the gig. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, looking forward to it. It'd be fun, you know. About fifty tunes. Cool. Awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing about that and and how social distanced it is and. How many masks are? Yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be wearing my mask, you know, except when I'm on stage uh, on the drums away from everybody and I'm singing, you know? Right. But other than that, I'm going to have it on. Yeah. Good. You know? Just good for me. If you don't want to wear it, so be it. But, you know, I'm wearing mine. I got. It's time for me to get a cool mask. I don't have one. I just have the, the doctor-issued blue ones. Sure. <clears throat> I need to get a cool one. I knew that was going to be a fashion thing right away. As soon as this happened and they were talking oh, about yeah. wearing masks, I was like, man, people are going to just be selling masks. But I be... was surprised it took like a couple of weeks before you started seeing the commercials. I'm surprised people weren't on it quicker. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, I guess it takes time to put it together. Yeah, yeah. But they certainly are on it now. Yeah. We need Cover Band Central masks. Put yes, that we on. do. CBC. Put that... Chunk put that on the punch list. Chunk's here. He said hello. What's up, Chunk? He, he just got landed himself a new job in Memphis, Tennessee, so he's moving from uh, right. from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Memphis, Tennessee. Congratulations, Chunk. And uh, and we just, uh, with with no fanfare whatsoever, made the um, the new site live last night. So CoverBandCentral.com nice. now has been converted into a social network and... I'd, we haven't told anybody, really, or I haven't. I, just, I started to write a whole newsletter last night, and then I was like, I got to go, go to go to sleep. I'm just, I can't sit here and do this right now. I, I was in pain. I'm like, I can't even think. And then we were having a little, some buggish issues, but I think they've been resolved now. So I'll send it out tomorrow and let people know. But I we I wanted to try a couple things to or like organ see organically how it worked and didn't really work too well. But but yeah, CoverbandCentral dot com two point is live. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a good accomplishment. I think it's really sharp. Chunk did a great job, and uh, um, I think it has all the stuff people need. It's going to take a while to get people over, but we have several different ways to do it. So we're going to do it. 
Nice. Yeah, remember we talked about linking it. <clears throat> yep. Um, so I am excited about that, and that's really kind of the only thing every day I think, okay, I need to put some something into this today. And yeah, yeah. Um, and then other than that, just kind of resting and, you know. Um, I did watch a movie, though, yesterday. I, I watched, and I wanted to do this to give myself some perspective. And so this did help. Um, and it's 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 interesting how psychologically uh, you can do this things for yourself intentionally. Uh, but I, I I heard about this movie. It was referred to in a book that I was reading um, called Touching the Void. Are you familiar with it? No. It's uh, it was made in two thousand four. It's a story about these two guys who went um, mountain climbing in Peru, and they went to climb a mountain that nobody had climbed before. And it's, you know, it's cold, it's snowy, it's icy, it's it's a difficult climb. And they were young, you know, mid-20s, you know, 24, 25, these guys, and very ambitious, and, and knew what they were doing. So um, I don't want to spoil it, the movie if, if, in case anybody wants to see it, but it, it's it's kind of like a documentary, but they do the drama part of it too with, with actors, and, and they do a good job of it. So these guys, the real guys, actually kind of tell the story, and then it's shown, you know, in the, in the drama stuff. Right. Um, so you know right from the get-go that they both ended up okay. Um, but the, uh, th- th- they did the climb, they got the climb, it, difficult, but got to the top, and then it wasn't until the way down, one of the guys falls and breaks his leg, Um and gets cut off from his partner, and his partner has to cut this rope and let him go. And he drops into this crevasse, and he's stuck there, and his partner thinking he's dead. Um, now, I won't give away the, all the, the stuff, but one of the things he decided was that he was going to just pick a, a, a goal. Pick, like, I'm going to reach that tree, or not a tree, but I'm going to reach that area whatever area it was that he decided in 20 minutes and he had a watch on he's like i'm gonna do this and he's got broken leg he's got this pickaxe thing that's kind of dragging him and he keeps falling and stuff but he just kept making that goal he kept doing it over and over again just 20 minutes 20 minutes i'm gonna make it to that and that's what kept him going just little steps little steps every time and you know that so that's a to me that was a really good lesson to remember and especially with the, the the conditions that he was faced with, just uh, seemingly insurmountable conditions of having a broken leg on a mountain alone. You have no water, you have no food. Um, yeah, wow. You know, you and you don't know where you are. Basically, you don't know how to get out of it. Yet you still try. You know. So then I'm thinking, like, I'm sitting here with this arm that was broken has now been fixed. And it just hurts because it's, uh, you know, because I broke it. But it's it's healing slowly, and I'm here with all my creature comforts in in my apartment and everything. So, perspective. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. And nice. It, and it worked, I think. Because you you know. Hey, hey, listen. Your perspective on anything changes. You know, the outcome. It changes your experience of the journey of doing it. You know. It's 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 all based on perspective. We have to constantly remind ourselves about that, you know. Yeah, how you your just... mindset of that, how you look about something, 
that's going to really dictate the outcome, you know, of what it is. And you get to choose that perspective. You you were allowed yeah. allowed to choose that. Hundred percent. You know, it it's every day. You know, every minute of every day is a choice of how we want to how we want to be. You know, if somebody asks you how you are, and however you respond is is how you are. You know, if some people say, "Ah, it's good," like we used to play in this band with this guy, I'll remain, he'll remain nameless, but he was. Uh, every time you see him, you say, "Hey, man, how's it going?" Uh, pretty good, I guess. <laughs> what do you say, man? As 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 life treating you? Just as shitty as yesterday. <laughs> as Eeyore. Yeah. So you just got the, like you know, like just these, uh, you know. And that's how it is because that's how he says it is, you know. So that's exactly what he's experiencing because it's like, yeah, you know, this one, but that's Eeyore. That's the Eeyore. Like, uh, it's okay. yeah, you know. What do you say, so and so? Nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some of the classic responses I recall. Very good one. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and dude's personality reflected exactly that. You know, he was exactly that way. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, <laughs> just another interesting cat along the way. Oh my god! Of the many. And then when you when you realize there's people like that, then you, it's no surprise that certain things are the way they are in the world right now. Yeah. <sighs> Well, nonetheless, dude, it's going to be super exciting to play a gig on Saturday yes. outside. Who's who's all in the band? It's Jimmy. Who else? Anybody I know? It's me, Jimmy. It's it's a it's a, it's a guy named Guy on okay. lead guitar and like vocals, guy. and Ken is a rhythm guitar. Ken Scarper's rhythm guitar and uh, lead vocals, and it's Guy Joe, uh, Chris Mente on bass. Right. So it's five piece. Um, you know, bunch of interesting tunes all over the map real obscure some crazy you know tunes that you'd know but that weren't really like popular cover band tunes but some really interesting uh tunes nonetheless and like i said i i have all my drums set up you know for recording with cole and i have my mega kit and i have all every gretch you know drum is accounted for on the neil tribute kit so i had to break out my black mapex and uh I had some Slingerland toms that I got from one of Cole's grammar school band instructors that he was getting rid of. You know, they were getting new drums, and he was clearing out the drum closet. He's like, I got these two toms and the bass drum. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take them. And that's got to be, oh, man, eight years ago probably I got them from him. Wow. So I dug them out, stripped all the hardware off them, cleaned them immaculate, doctored them up, did some custom things to it that I can't to tell you right now but I'll unleash next week because I have to unveil it at the gig but um, super slick really hip put all new heads on it and dude the, those Slingerland toms they're like 1970 Slingerland uh, toms and they sound they sound killer so cool nice you know and I got my garbage pick Slingerland Gene Krupa Radio King 1962 snare drum that matches so I'm taking that with it nice yeah, so it'd be it'll be fun, you know. And I'm only playing kick, snare, and then one rack and a floor. Wow. 
That's it. Wow. That's a stripped-down Tony B. kit, man. Yeah, big time. I don't think I've ever seen you play that a kit that small. Yeah, it'll be fun. You know, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's good. I, I love, you know, real players like yourself that, that can make, you know, it's such a small kit to sound huge. Well, because it's going to be also for bar gigs, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking of ergonomics, like carrying a kick drum, two stands, one for the tom, you know, put the floor tom, ride, crash, china, you know what I mean? And that's it. So it's very minimal and like quick setup. And if I have to mic it, it's only kick snare and two toms, you know, so it's only four mics, mm. which is nice and vocal. So five. Right. So I still got to bring my little mixer and I've got to bring my little, uh, you know, I bring that 350 watt uh, powered sub electronic drum amp and right. then I mic my kit and I put it through that since they don't have like good headroom in their PA. Right. So I bring my own drum box as I call it. Right. And so this you, way I can mic everything up and I can push it through that thing and it sounds fat, you know? Right. I, but are you doing in-ears or, or are you just doing the... Uh... No, that acts as my monitor too. So I can get a monitor mix okay. back from his board into my board, put it into that channel. But at the same time, I can also have my, my whole drum set mic'd and only going through my amp. Right. So, so it just has a little extra oomph, you know? But the cool thing is that I, I when I... The, the, when I put the drums together, I put a clear head combo on it, like an emperor top, which is a medium thickness two-ply head, and then an ambassador on the bottom, which is a thinner single-ply head. Uh, so the toms are big and resonant fat, you know what I mean? So even right. if I don't mic them, they, 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 they're boomy and big. they got a lot of volume to them. Nice. I got them tuned nice and tight, like high up. That's the other thing, too. Oh, dude, you get a kick out of this. So I stripped them all down, took all the hardware off them to clean them. Me and Cole put a tuner on the shell, hung it from a string, and hit it with a mallet and found the, the note on the tuner. Oh, that's cool. So then wrote the note of the shell down on the inside, and then when I put the heads on it, we tuned it up to that note. Huh. And it's like, you know, it's all in harmony with itself, the two heads and the shell. Wow. So it's like super mega loud, clear, resonant, you know? ringy like it's just it's just like where it's just alive and happy excellent yeah so i'm excited about that too because there's nothing like playing new drums that you haven't played before in a different configuration with different heads on it with a wide open big boomy bottom type tuning you know like and they just sound great like so inspiring to sit down and play behind that sure i hope uh i hope somebody gets some video yeah, I'll bring a tripod. I'll shoot something. Yeah, that's good. Do that. I want to live vicariously through you. I'll shoot it on my phone. There you go. Anything. Yeah, I can give you some drum cam. I can give you some side stage. I can give you some out front. Sure. I'll mix it up a little bit. The whole thing. Excellent. We'll I'll put it you. inside the bass drum so you can really hear it good. Excellent. <laughs> that would not be excellent to blow up my phone. Yes, it would. Um, but yeah, it's good times. Like I said, it's it's top secret though. When I unveil it, you're gonna be like, "Wow, simple." I I will. Here, I'll put it to you this way: for like forty dollars, and maybe four hours of my time, I converted like that plain Jane black Mapex kit with those old Slingerland toms. I took the kick drum from the Mapex and those, like I said, the two toms. 
and and the snare and for like 49 bucks 40 bucks and uh four hours i, I created this uh custom kit so when i'm done with it you have to check it out you i think you'll dig it that's cool there you go that's the way to do it diy diy and especially when you got spare parts and doesn't cost you anything right except like you said 40 bucks right but that was only out of necessity because i wanted to step it up very good come on dude. that's you know 40 bucks it's a dinner and it lasts longer. But dinner or drums, right? Drums forever. Drums forever. Thank you. Yes. I'll take that. Uh, I'm just trying to move my arm around. I'm like, uh, stop. <laughs> uh, so you just force slowly straight, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should start. I should try playing bass, but I feel like uh, I just don't even want to subject my my arm to to that. Yeah, I would wait. Yeah, I, I, mean, I hope I can play bass again. <laughs> like, I don't want yeah, to. You'll be able to play bass, dude. When do you have to go see your doctor again? Next Tuesday. Oh, so for wisdom time, then you'll have some updates. Yeah, and then mon- Monday, the Monday before, so six days from now, I am going to see the physical therapist for the first time. So, oh, so you'll get a good way in on both. So yes, yes, I will. I will be. Yes, much more informed. Now, let me ask you a question. Did your doctor that did the surgery give you a prescription for PT? He didn't give me a prescription. No, he just gave me a, a uh, re- referral. Right, but he didn't give you something that has on it, like, um, the codes for what surgeries they did? Codes. Um... Like, in other words, like when they did my shoulder, right? Like, he fixed, let's say, five things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, anterior, posterior, this, supersonatus on the top, this, you know, and there's all codes for it, like, you know, W2745-X, you know, and then what the PT guy does is he looks it up, and then he understands all the things that were fixed in your shoulder, and then also on the PT from the doctor, it says, like, internal rotations, external rotations, this, that, do not move arm more than this many degrees, you know, do, do not do this. And so when I go to the PT, he looks at that and then he says, oh, okay, so your guy wants us to do this and he doesn't want me to overextend in this. Time. So he's okay. I understand. Then he looks up the codes and says, okay, so you had this done and that was done. And then when they work on you, they're not just like, okay, try to go, you know, stretch that thing out. Like they know what they're dealing with because somehow the doctors conveyed to them exactly what they did to fix your yeah. arm. I got no such information. But you also may not have any tendons or anything. You may have had bones that were repaired, so it's a different operate I different had, scenario. I had bones that were repaired, yes. Yeah, but but not torn tendons and things like that. No, he, and he he was looking at he was concerned about the ligament there in my elbow, um, but he said it was fine. So, there gotcha. You go. So he he fixed the bones. I saw the X ray. He 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 uh, a radio. I needed a new radial head put in so I have a little piece of metal in my elbow now that is acting as the radial head right um, that's also part of why you have so much pain dude because they drilled into your bone mm-hmm. and attached that thing yes that that metal you know what I mean yes that's what they did right so that's that's the, uh, you didn't you failed to mention that part earlier <laughs> so that is definitely why you have this lingering pain and you may have a longer amount of pain than I did because it, your body has to, you know, grow around that thing and 
you know, it, it's, it went through heavy trauma. Yes. You know, it, it will recover, but it's going to take some time for sure. Yeah. It's just the muscles around my elbow, the, the forearm right around my elbow and the, the whole tricep area. Yeah. It's just, it's rock solid. It's tight. You know, it feels like, it feels like a cast almost. That's how, you know, that's how tight it is. Wow. So, but I would think that, you know, my muscles could be like, yeah, all right, everything's fixed now. We can relax. Everything's fine. And I was telling my muscles that. And I was, you know, trying to, to reassure them that, that we're good now. And they weren't listening? They're not listening. So huh. I'm hoping uh, if they hear enough voices, they'll be like, oh, okay, okay. Because I, I understand they're just trying to protect me. Now they're, they're, they went through trauma, and they're like, we got to make sure we're rock solid yeah, in case now. this happens again. But I assure you, Muscles, I am not going to get on any sort of toy wheel thing that I have no business being on at 53 years old. I promise you I will never do that again. Or, nor do anything dangerous. Potentially dangerous. Again. Uh, certainly wouldn't climb a mountain. Potentially. Potentially dangerous. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. Like, you know, I was never that much of an adventurer with physical, th- like mountain climbing or, or you know, jet skiing or, uh, you know, any things like that. Like, I get it. I've gone jet skiing, and that's fun. But, you know, I, I do. But listen, it doesn't take much. When I was down the beach, I saw a a, a, a lady probably in her fifties, and she got blown down by a wave. Oof. You know, because it was rough the one day the seas. You know, right? And dude, she got like blasted down, like you know, ass over tea kettle, tumble through, you know, like tumbleweed style. And then when she got up, she was screaming, and the lifeguards had to come down and carry her out of the water, and, like, she blew out her knee. Oh. You know? See? Where she couldn't stand on it. So she definitely tore something, or, you know, she got banged up bad. Yeah. See, water is very strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very no powerful. Doubt. Super powerful. You're like a, <laughs> like a twig. Really? You are. I mean, even... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, even the Atlantic there in Jersey, LBI, that's where you were, right? Yeah, it was great, though, dude. Beach was great. Super hot weather, sunny, like super mega hot. All the days we were there, it only rained uh, on uh, Friday. That was it. Hmm. It's the only day. And it rained like in the morning, you know. By 1 o'clock, it it had blown out and it was sunny. Nice. We went to the beach for a little bit. I saw pictures, a lot of people there. Yeah, we had 15, I think. 14 and they were all on quarantine before we went for you know at least two weeks so that was good oh okay yeah because I saw no mask wearing so no 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 masks That well that's what we said we said how are we going to do vacation with all these people and not wear masks and they said well you know everyone's going to quarantine work from home you know or some of them are students so they're not in school you know so they will not you know for two weeks they will self quarantine and then they will go and plus, my sister-in-law gets tested once a week because she's a nurse, so she just had COVID tests before we went. Okay. There you go. See, that's so the good. responsible thing to do. Well, it yeah, it's responsible, but it serves two two things, right? Like, you don't, A, you, you don't want to let your guard down, right? But B, if you're smart about it, like you said, and everyone 
you know, abides by the same rules, then you you know, you can be assured that you minimize the risk tremendously. Because don't forget, like my kids haven't seen their cousins, you know, since uh, winter, you know, since before COVID. Right. This is the first time really everybody's getting together, you know. So it was, it was nice. It was good. We had some jams, you know. Cole brought a guitar with him and brought the cajon and. My sister-in-law brought a ukulele. We had some jams. Karen took some videos. We we were jamming some songs. It was cool. Nice. And I saw the yeah, pictures of of the mega castle, but I didn't really get a good. I didn't really feel like the pictures captured um the entire. Oh yeah, no, it, it was mega, dude. It was sprawling. It was it was so. It wasn't like big and crazy, like you know, in, in like height or stature. But it was it was consuming like it took up it took up like a huge footprint you know mm-hmm. it was very 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 cool nice we worked on it for about six hours so yeah I know you always put in uh, it it took some time but we were of... smart this year so what we did is the way the tide had come in overnight and it had rained so that's why I decided to do it that day because the beach was wet so the sand was good you know mm-hmm. and they had um the way that the, the surf had been pounding the beach it made a shelf. So it wasn't like you just walked down to the water. There was actually a section where it was a drop-off of like two or three feet, you know? Right. So we dug into the bank and then took that dirt that we dug out and threw it on top. So that's what's deceptive about it, too. Like, if you if you look at it in the pictures with, with people in it, then you get a better idea. Like, there's 15 people standing shoulder to shoulder, and it just about is as bad or as wide as it was. Right. But like you said, to, to see it in person, and then because we built it into the shelf like that, it had a very short life. You know what I mean? As soon as high tide started coming, it was like right in harm's way. Oh. You know, so we finished it. I would say I started on it at six, and I guess we finished it around twelve, twelve thirty. We took a little break for breakfast in the morning, so that was like one o'clock, and I think high tide was five. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures now. It is pretty, pretty mega. Yeah, so when high tide came in, I let my nephews destroy it like Godzilla. I, nice. Before the water did, you know. I like I like this whole kind of entrance. That this this is a really good shot. Is the, there's a whole entrance, and it's almost like there's a little island in front. Yes, and, then, and you see how smooth it is, like glass. The top of that island. Yeah. You zoom in on it; it's like super smooth. Yeah, I can't zoom in on it. Secret secret technique. But this this whole gate, you've, or, I, I would. Maybe it's like a fence, like a. It's supposed yeah, to be it's, like a, a, it's a it's a sea break. See, I mean that is that is really good, <laughs> really well spaced out, and it, I love the light on on that too. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, dude. And if you really zoom in and look at the detail on stuff that I was there, there's a lot of stairs and different uh, little villages in the middle. There's an island in the middle. The left hand side, we try to make like a seawall, so the whole thing is like. Sculpted on the outside, like textured to look like uh, like big wooden pylons, kind of. Right. I can't zoom in on this picture. Oh. I'll say here. You know, talk about something, and I'll send you a killer <laughs> photo that you can zoom in on. Talk about something. Yeah, it was on my well, I phone. I could, but it, on my computer, I can't zoom. Um, I do want to talk about something. So I've been doing this thing, and I highly recommend this for anybody else out there during the the whole quarantine thing. Um, And I I started doing this before the quarantine, and I've probably talked about it a little bit before. Um, But it's something that that some people are doing, 
like kind of zooming with with people on a some regular basis for some particular reason and i do this thing every friday night where i zoom with five other people one of them my, my brother and we somebody picks an artist the week before and everybody has to rank their top 25 songs and we just go around you know around kind of around the room and every, you know all right 25 what's your 25 and then one person says it and the next person and people give little stories as to why sometimes and it's and it's we all know each other we've only known each other for a long time like 30 years so it's it's fun it's a fun little activity to do especially kind of trying to celebrate music rather than talk about you know other crap that's going on in the world and uh and so far I, i've done six or seven of them now or eight, maybe. Oh, so maybe it was after COVID. No, it couldn't have been. Uh, gosh, I don't remember. But I don't know. I've been doing it for a while, and I, and I really enjoy it. So my my I get my pick is coming up in a couple of weeks because everybody gets a pick every week of of an artist. But I'm gonna go with a theme, and my my t- I'm gonna ask for the top twenty five cover songs. And I'm putting together a playlist of, I want to I want to do 65 cover songs, pick 65, and then out of those, people will pick their top 25. So I've been finding trying to trying to think of cover songs that will work, and um, that people will will be interested in, um, and I just want I need help coming up with this list. Because I have, I want to say, 30 some odd, let me see what I have so far. I have 40 songs. I have picked 40 songs. So just off the top of your head, what, what would be a cover song that you would think of? So in other words, a, 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 a known artist who has done a cover song. Nothing? <laughs> Are you there? Did I lose Tony? I guess I did. I went. I was rambling on for so long that Tony is gone. Yeah, I just went tune. But I think we're still on the air. So, yeah, we're still on the air. So I'll just call him back. If I can do that. Let's see if this works. It may be because he's got a hurricane going on there. And that mess, even though he has a generator, maybe that mess with his power. Let's see. Hmm. We do this on Skype, by the way. Which is what you're hearing ring. He's not answering. Uh. All right. So anyway, I mean, I told you this, you guys. All right. Tony isn't online. Okay. Um, well, I told you guys now this thing that I'm doing every Friday night. So if you have any ideas of cover songs, something that, that may be obscure, maybe uh, like a good a good unknown band doing a really cool version of a cover, um, send me your ideas to steve at covermancentral.com. And uh, perhaps I'll pick one of yours that I haven't thought of. I've thought of 40, which is quite a lot. 
and I had to really kind of, I've had to really dig in. 40 doesn't seem like a lot, but 40 is um, a challenge. And because I'm trying to pick covers that are like good versions of songs. And I would tell you my list, but I don't want to give anything away right now. All right, so we got to wrap this up because Tony is MIA. Uh, but CoverBandCentral.com, we just redid the site. It's a social network now, and it's super cool. It's It's got everything that you want and need as a musician. If if you're a working musician, if you're a non-working musician, if you're a music fan, you want to be a part of this website. It's a, a social network. It works just like Facebook, uh, so there's really no learning curve. But it's just for musicians and music fans we need to get away from the drama and the politics and everything and celebrate music and celebrate musicians so this is going to be a great resource for players out there to to build a following to make friends make friends in the industry and uh, we we all need to stick together at this time this is just uh unprecedented times for all of us and we as a music community need to stick together and uh Help each other out and get through this. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Check it out, coverbandcentral.com. See you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.